going to take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. All right, welcome into another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. He's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman. And Bob, you look cold. You got like a, a shirt. I got a fleece. What's going on? What do you got going on? on it. I don't know. I got to turn the heat on in here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's about a that damp, time. I don't know. Where, for all our people listening, it is a miserable, dank, cold, wet day in greater Boston. It's the, and we're going to get worse because the storm Zeta is we're going to get the remnants as it moves out to the Atlantic and rain in the next couple of days. Not, hey. That's all we got. Uh, it's another disaster in that state of Louisiana and that that Gulf area. I, I feel so badly for people that, that what they've gone through is unimaginable. Yeah. On top of COVID, they have to go through all that. Oh, my I God. Know, I know. No, it's, it's amazing what other parts of the country have had to deal with. But again, we in New England are kind of fortunate. We complain about shoveling snow. Yeah, which, by the way, we might get a little. They say we may get a little coming up. So, yeah, who cares? I just lost. But I just lost my plowman. That's the thing. I got to get another plowman. There's nothing more. I always kid when the bills come in, number one, the plowman, number two, health care. And then everything else is negotiable. Well, the, the Ryan estate probably has a very lengthy driveway. That, it's that, not. Know, it's about done. it's about. Uh, I don't know, six, 60, 75 feet. It's about uh, it's, a, it's pretty a, good. Mound the home to the mound. I'm thinking. I don't think it's not as far as second base. It's somewhere between the mound and second base. <laughs> <laughs> when when is the last time you shoveled that driveway? Oh, when I shoveled myself into a quadruple bypass five years ago. Is that right? I, I still shovel a little bit. Yeah, I, really? but I, I take it easy. Yeah, I did. That's how I found out I had to have a heart surgery. Wow. Well, I was yeah, I was shoveling when we had the the monster snowstorms in '15. We had three in a row in February '15. Yep. Couldn't yeah. put them anywhere. I mean, we yeah. couldn't, I, I remember the craziest we had thing snow for that one. There were still drifts of, of, in, in May in, in, in areas around us. How about we, we have a, a big fence out back that separates our, our yard from our neighbors. We put out our dog one day and the snow was so high. It was on top of the fence. Our dog just walked into their walked, yard, just walked, walked right up top over. <laughs> it. It's unbelievable. I mean, they were talking here in Newburyport that if there was one more storm and I traveled a lot, so I wasn't home for some of it and my wife couldn't throw it. I mean, she just couldn't, it was that yeah. high, but if there was one more storm, they were talking about having to come get the snow and throw it into the river. That was the only way to get rid oh, of yeah, it. Yeah. That's there's, there are areas of the country where they do that. I know, you know, crazy, yeah. crazy. Anyway, well, anyway. Right. enough about anyway. snow. Let's talk, talk about something positive, Bob. And uh, I, I don't know if this is positive because, uh, I'm a glass half empty guy on, on this one, but Daryl Morey yes. is unemployed no longer. Philadelphia. First of all, the hierarchy there, you got, you got a GM, I, I, I suddenly Elden Brand. Now I know how it worked with some teams in, uh, uh, over the years is the, the so-called, you know, the GM, he makes the phone calls, right? right. He makes That's the phone right. calls around the league. He keeps yeah. track He's just he's he, he keeps track of what's going on, and then the poobah with the basketball operations title makes the 
the big call, you know, uh, it makes yeah, the Elton final going to be booking dinner reservations now. That, that's <laughs> what his task is going to be with bringing but on Daryl Morey. I'm sure, you know, he, he's been, I don't, I don't know what warning he had. I don't know how, you know, how long the timeline goes here or anything. Anyway, but Daryl Morey is a major figure. He's one of the more um, controversial figures, really, off the court in the history of the league. The, he's not the father of analytics, but he is the greatest proponent in basketball of them and, and the three point shot mania that we are living in. Uh, he, and, um, you know, he's a personal personality. And of course uh, that's part A and part B. And it's interesting that he has another job is because the season started off last year with a bang when, when he tweeted what he tweeted about Hong Kong yeah. Yeah. and, and the NBA ramifications for the NBA were loss of a lot of money. And, uh, so you wondered how that was going to go over in the long run. Here's what, I, there's a couple components to it. And, and you texted a pretty good one to me earlier that made me think, and I forgot about this, that he did work with Doc Rivers when they were in Boston. Um, Daryl Morey came up in the Celtics organization. So I understand there's a relationship there, but the dynamic is going to be completely different now. Now Daryl Morey is not the same Daryl Morey that was young and coming up in the Celtics organization. Now he's got his chest puffed out and he's made big decisions over the last 10 years. Is his approach, which is clearly an analytics-driven approach, going to work with Doc's approach, which is clearly not an analytics-driven approach? All right, well, what we don't know yet, and, we, and we're, I don't know when, the, there'll be a, I'm sure there will be an introductory press conference in Philadelphia someday. Uh, by zoom of course but anyway there will be one and and maybe the questions will be asked about the timeline and what did doc know and when did he know it and and so forth you know uh, my brief communication he seemed to be fine and with it totally fine with it well what's he gonna say i mean even with you off the record even off the record what's he gonna say i hate daryl morey you know this is i wouldn't expect that no No, I, i wouldn't expect that that's what I'm saying. Like, like I get it. And Doc's a positive guy. He's going to go into this hopeful that it works out, right? He's got talent. He's got a guy who's fearless in making moves, and that is Daryl Morey. Give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. He's made Houston competitive for a long time when a lot of people thought that wouldn't be the case. So I, I do give him credit for that. I, I just feel like, again, I, I tweeted it yesterday. I think it could be oil and water. And if you don't get along as a coach – with your general manager and you're not on the same page, it rarely works out. Rarely works. Oh, out. oh, in any sport. In right. any sport. And and so yeah, it's usually the 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 way that the the, the the approved way is the GM or whoever the person in power, whatever the title is at any given organization. Like Danny Ainge is the GM, he's vice president of basketball operations, whatever right. hell, I don't know, but right. he's the GM. Yep. Okay. Hires he makes every decision. He hires the coach yes, yes, and not, and then, so when you shoehorn, you know, perhaps unwanted uh, person on, on, then that's not good as well. That's what I'm saying. In this case, my first thought was, you know, that, but doc says, Oh, we're fine. We're friends. In fact, he, yeah. I, he, but you he can wouldn't be friends. go any further. Bob, you can be friends have, when you don't work with somebody. Until they had the press conference, you know, he doesn't want to say anything more. You understand. Different. But he did say good friends, quote unquote. Yeah. I, maybe they've been in contact over the years. I don't know. But they can be, but they're not working together. Oh, I understand. No, you're right. That's it's going to be the, the dynamic, dynamic is entirely different. I right. understand. 
And meanwhile, the poor in the middle is Elton Brand is if you reduce to, I'll take two lumps with it. You know, yeah. no, I want a black, you know, what's going to happen? I, you know, where's he? Well, you know, but I know, know how it works. In these, he's going to have to, he'll be making the phone calls. He'll, you know, he'll be the assistant GM is basically what he is. Is ultimately yeah. he'll make the phone calls. He'll see what's out there and then he'll bring certain things to Daryl Morey, not to waste his time with every single call and every single, yeah, you know, trade offer or whatever. Um, all right. So that's one part of it. One part is the dynamic between Doc and Maury that stood out to me right away. The other part is the guy who's the number guy who loves to to shoot the ball from three with anyone and everyone. And now he's the general manager of a team that has the guy who will not shoot a three-point shot, and that's Ben Simmons. How the hell is this going to work? My question Absolutely. From the instant that I heard Daryl Morey, I went, wait a minute, Ben Simmons. And, you know, I kiddingly say, I've been saying for two years, lock him in a gym for three hours a day between now and training camp and make him. But, you know, uh, seriously, though, I don't know. You, you know, go back to ownership there when it, the, 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 uh, even aware of the, of the uh, juxtaposition we're talking about here when they hired Morey. And, and what the, they had to have that, right? When you think they had to have that conversation? We yeah, had, I mean, listen. You... Said, what about Ben? What am I going to, you know, what, what you, right. or here's what I think about Ben. Here's what I'm going to do if I take this job with Ben. You know, Ben Ben would, would have to be exhibit A. The number yep. one topic of conversation right. would have to right. be Ben. And then secondly, of course, Embiid. All right, fine. But Ben, because of this three-point dynamic thing, has got to be the number one point that they would have to decide how they're going. How are we going to go about this? Five-year, $170 million contract that Simmons signed about a year ago. So they're on the hook for that. Now, you could, you could move Ben Simmons easily. If you want to move him, every team in the league, I bet, would be interested in Ben Simmons, even though he can't shoot the three. Because he is an elite-level passer, maybe the fastest 6'9 guy with a ball I've seen, mm-hmm. including, like, I don't even know who's faster. And to end, I've said this when he got to – even in high school when I first saw him, but LSU, you give him the ball, man, he can go. And he's long and athletic and smooth and does everything except shoot the ball, which is obviously not something uh, that you want in today's NBA. But can he become an adequate three-point shooter, Bob? That That's the big question. Will yeah, Doc true. do what Brett Brown never did, which is tell him, hey, you know what? You're not playing ball. Unless you shoot the three, you're not, you're not on the court. You're sitting next to me. Once again, you would think that would be part of the conversation when he was hired. Doc knows he doesn't have to, we don't have to tell Doc about Ben Simmons, I'm sure. And, right. you know, he understands the, the deal. They don't see him, doesn't see him too often. He's not in the same conference he was. But still, everybody in basketball knows it. Every fan. Do you move him, it. Bob? Do you trade him or not? Do you do right well, now? I, do you just say, hey, let's see what we can get for Ben Simmons? Because ultimately, he doesn't fit. If you're Daryl Morey, he doesn't yeah. fit my system. And if Doc's on the same page, do you see yeah. what you can get? Well, for him right maybe now? they're planning on running him up the old flagpole. See what see what happens. And uh, I would. It's going to be well. It's going to be part of the fun for us watching them. That's all. That's the story. They're going to be one of the more intriguing offseason uh, uh, tr- topics in the entire league, is because of Ben Simmons. Is, he's such an, anom- an anomaly in this modern game. You know. So would you yeah. take Ben Simmons if, if you're Brad Stevens, if you're Danny Ainge in the yeah. Boston Celtics? Would you roll the dice on a Ben Simmons, or do you just say, you know what, I'm going to stay away from him? I don't, I don't want the Celtics to do it. I, you know what I want for them? One thing only. I want him to get a shooter. Right. 
and 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 I, <laughs> well, that, so the answer, there's your answer. No, he's not what they need. They're fine. I like so much about them, but what they lack is that guy off the bench that can get you, you know, a steady 15, uh, uh, quite often 20, and maybe even a 30 now and then, you know, I, they need a guy like that. And, and they've needed him for three years. And, and, it was, and when, when Gordon went down and, and it was the bench, not that Marcus is that kind of guy, but you would, he would get you some points off the bench in his way, one way or the other. But, but they, when he's starting now, you got nothing coming off the bench. You know, it's Brad Wanamaker. That's it. They can put yeah, no. Uh, back to the Sixers. Yeah. I mean, they do have guys who can shoot it. Obviously, Embiid likes to shoot it from the perimeter. Hortford can shoot it. Tobias can shoot it. Yeah. Um, but when you have a non-shooter McConnell. out there in the court these days, you better have four other guys that can really, really shoot the basketball. Yeah, no, it's – And Philly's and not again, built that way. We're, both of our common sense logic says – all these conversations had to have been had. A, when Doc went there, and once again, what did Doc know about Maury and, what, and when did he know it? If uh, you know, which all will, will be revealed, you know, in within a week, I'd say, you know, whenever they have that press conference. But right now, Doc's not saying, and, and but you know, that they had to have had these conversations. The, the management, and Elton, and when Elton was in charge, uh, about Simmons, they had to. The other thing is the dynamic between Simmons and Embiid, Embiid yeah. has never been great. And I felt like that was one of the strengths for Doc Rivers, right? You bring him on. He's a people person. He is a player's coach. Um, one of the issues that has arisen over the years was that Joel Embiid has been allowed to call his own shots, right? Mm-hmm. When he wants to practice, when he does it because of the injury history. And when he came back and they're tanking, um, you know, will will Doc be able to kind of uh, manage those two and get them on the same page? Again, I think that's his biggest strength. Here's the thing that I'm con- curious about. I'm concerned. Yeah. About, you know, what's the residue with the Chargers? It's that they had a chemistry problem yeah. at time. Now, was it just that, that George uh, just hated bubble life so much, maybe? Or, and, and maybe they, you know, and he just could never adjust to it. And it, and it, and, it, and it carried over and infected everything he was doing or not. Uh, but they, they had, is not what we're being told that, you know, one of their problem was, was more emotional than technical. In the I think it was. And again, we talked about this a little bit. There were other factors that came into play, obviously, you know, you had Lou Williams, you had yeah. Montrez Harrell there. Yeah, Lou, Lou got his hand was caught in a cookie jar. Right. You know, he was never, and he was never the Lou Williams we knew after that, was he? No, he wasn't. So you wonder if Doc almost gave them too much latitude to some degree, and then you had some issues that were uncontrollable in a sense with, again, Montrez Harold not coming in, Beverly, uh, Lou Will. There were enough other things. But, yeah, like we always give Doc the utmost credit for being able to manage personalities, egos. Yep. This is going to be maybe his most difficult task because not only does he have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but he's also got the ego of Daryl Morey. Okay. Well, not going to be easy. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season: game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. 
Head up to Bet Online online today. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We know that he's being, you know, I, mean, I don't mean crass and reduced to that, being well paid for all this problem. Uh, you know, Doc's, he's just rationally, you know, just sound human being. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. But it's a, it's a new, are you ready for the word? A new challenge. <laughs> it is a new challenge. It's a, it's a new one, challenge. one more quick thing before we move on to, uh, to, to the next topic, which you love. Uh, and you're going to tell a great, great story uh, about this guy who was just hired. Is They also went with Daryl Morey, who's a big-time numbers guy. Um, the last big-time numbers guy they went with was a guy named Sam Hinkie. Oh, yes. And they're, they're, they're buddies. I think they're buddies. I mean, to me, they're, they're kind of one in the same to some degree. Um, it's, it's, I thought when I heard, first thing I thought it was, is he, he, he going to finish Sam's job? You know, finish the job that Sam started. <laughs> I, you know, it just baffles me. I mean, they're, they're probably the two biggest analytics guys. Uh, and, and Sam has not resurfaced. He, no. he hasn't talked. I've asked him to come on the pod. And he was like close, I thought, to coming on. And he stayed, he lives, I believe, in, in the uh, in, in Northern California somewhere and has oh. really stayed out of the limelight completely. Maybe he's still getting paid, I don't know, uh, doing cons- some consulting or whatnot. I, I like Sam as a guy. I just, I, I'm just always reluctant on these full throttle analytics guys. Like, I got no problem. Give me some numbers to support what I see. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But ultimately, when you start with the numbers, and, and that's kind of the basis, and you're not looking at things like chemistry, how the pieces fit together, which I felt like Daryl Morey never really did well. He just went for the big name, the big guy, Westbrook and Harden. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I get they, they were fine. They were fine. But they were never going to win a championship, and maybe – Again, maybe in Houston, you're just thinking, you know what? We just got to be able to to get to the you know conference finals if we can, have a good year, and just compile as much talent as we as we can. I We're mean, Houston. They've hit a ceiling at Houston with this group, right? There's no possible way they win. Right. The, right. They'll win fifty. They can win fifty. Well, the next season will be seventy-two, so they can win forty-five of that, I guess. But uh, you know, that's, that's yeah. Uh, I agree with you. And of course, we just came out of a baseball controversy about analytics, the, the yes. ultimate, you know, wow. so, you know, we can, I mean, yep. that's your analytics to the run amok. <laughs> I don't even know if there's a basketball comparison. You don't really have that, you know, p- pulling the pitcher. What's the pulling the pitcher of basketball? I don't know uh, what it is exactly. You know, my feeling about the pulling three, a all, guy. all kidding aside about the three. Yeah. All right. You know, how I feel I can talk about but I keep going back to two things that the Houston Rockets have on their resume, on Daryl Morey's resume, that they exited a season missing 27 straight threes one year. A and B, the Warriors blew a chance to win a championship they should have won by eschewing any thought of taking a two in the last four minutes of a game they could have won by getting one little two to stop the bleeding or go to the basket and get fouled. And they never did it. You know what I'm talking about? And, and they didn't do it. And so, you know, you can be so wedded to the concept. We got to do it with a three. We got to do it with a three, you know? And and, uh, so anyway, I, you know, you're, you're going to, hopefully we're going to get Brad Stevens on the pot at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. 
And it is something I really want to have a conversation with Brad about his outlook. And, and I know Brad well enough that I think we can do it. And Brad, Brad is a guy that um, I love because you can have a conversation with him. He won't be offended. And even if he is, he'll never show it, right? He'll, <laughs> he'll never show it. He never no. gets rattled no matter what. I've never seen the guy rattled. And I'm not no. sure his wife has either. Um, maybe with their kids. Uh, but ultimately, I, I want to have that conversation with Brad of why. Why, why is everybody allowed to shoot the three whenever they want on your team? What, is it strictly a numbers game? And, and ultimately, uh, when, when is the last time you yelled at a player for shooting a three-pointer? When? Well, yeah, I know. The one guy that the fans in particular, you know, said was Marcus. And I, my feeling on Marcus is that he does so many other things for you that you can't find anywhere else. That so, if he wants to try to kick the ball in the basket once a night, I won't object. <laughs> Yes, yes, you're right. Whatever you that's want to right. do, Marcus. That, but that's because I'm right. regional president of the fan club, so yeah. I'm I'm not a rational observer on Marcus. So funny, club. Bob, because a couple of years ago, when they signed Marcus to that deal, it's like 13 million a year. I looked at it, and I'm like, eh, I think I don't know. I don't know if he's worth that. You're trying to clear space for, you know. I knew what Tatum was going to be, so I knew you're going to end up paying him a, a max deal at some point, and you just want to clear space for big time players. Um, but now. I look back on that deal. I'm like, that, that was a great, great deal. Like Marcus smart to me. If you can keep him at that money, yeah. um, he's irreplaceable because of all the he intangibles. Does, he just does things that yep. few, you know, I'm like, I don't know for sure that there's nobody else in the league, that, but there aren't many. No, we got to get Marcus on here. I'm going to work on trying many. to get Marcus on, on the pod. That'd be great. I am because be I know you love him and have loved him. I've loved him too. I was just, and, and I tell Marcus this. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. But he's gotten so much better at run at, at running a team, oh, number yeah. one, and making good quality decisions with the ball in his hands. And number two, his shooting has come a long way. It's not consistent, but, man, when he's on, he's he on. He had a game where he made five in the second half, I yeah. guess it was, in the playoffs streaky, this year. But, but, again, yeah. streaky yeah. is better than shooting 32% from three. You know, he, he's definitely – capable and when he's on they got to go out and, and account for him anyway all right um there was a head coaching um hire yesterday is it official i, I think it's official i think it's a, we're going to call it official because okay we want to get your story and that is uh the houston rockets hired steven silas uh who was an assistant uh in dallas he's been an assistant for about two decades um comes highly recommended i mean I, i've never heard a bad word i don't know him personally other than saying hi to him in the hallway when he walked by me um you know him personally you know i don't Steven know him I, I know well, his you, father kind of do i'm a good friend i, I consider myself a, a good friend of paul silas one of my all-time favorite yeah. players and more importantly people one of the more uh, uh, just a wonderful human being just as i had a distinction when our podcast guest ryan mcdonough was named the general manager of the uh, Suns, I then said, this is the first major American sports executive whose christening I attended. In this case, we now have an NBA coach with whom I played Nerf ball on my knees in his living room. (laughs) And I don't think there's another writer or broadcaster or podcast host in America or the world who can make that statement. (laughs) So, so this means now, how it was Paul. This is when he was in Seattle. 
when and, he and, left the Celtics. Go ahead, set it up for me. He's in Seattle. You're out there covering a game. Yeah, I went out and I and I they invited me over to the house naturally, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the first thing I remember is he took me into the walk-in closet with uh, Paula's his wife Paula's closet, and he said, "You're looking at twenty thousand dollars worth of shoes." <laughs> <laughs> and I wound up playing Nerf ball on the basket in the living room on my knees with the young little Stephen Silas. While How I was young? A guest. Well, a toddler, two-ish, two-ish maybe, you know? Well, well, look him up. Whatever he would have been in 1978. So and he's now 40, I want to say he's like 47. So 78, uh, what are we now? Well, uh, look him up. 78 would have put him. So he's, he's two years younger than me. So seven, he was five years old. Five right. years old. So anyway, we played Nerf ball. So did you let him, did you let him get some goals or what'd you do? You remember? I, I made him earn them. You did. You didn't give <laughs> any of them. I don't know. I know I played with him. I really did. So that's the thing. I thought about that his entire career. Yeah. I don't know him. You know, I, I don't know him. I, I mean, I met him once. I've, I've actually spent a few more time with his sister, uh, uh, really, who uh, arranged something that I was doing with Paul, you know, rather than Stephen because he was out working, you know. But um, so are I you said, still I, close I, with Paul? I I I was intro- I introduced him at the New England Sports Museum when they inducted him uh, two years ago, yeah. and uh, I stay in touch with him. You know, uh, he lives in he lives out in Greater um, in Carolina, Greater Raleigh. I'm putting some pressure on you, Paul. Uh, Bob, the the pressure on you. It's to get Steven Silas on this pod in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. I'll, 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 I'll work through. All right. That's Silas your task. Family. That's your main, your My main guess task. Is, he won't remember this, but I am telling you. It no, we have to have you tell the story. I mean, oh, like, yeah. And see his like, face. Yeah. Maybe we'll get both Silas's on. Why not get Paul and Steven on? Yeah. Be great. Right. Be great. Let's we'll, do we'll it. Work on Let's that. do it. All right. So my, my task is to get Marcus smart. Yours is to get uh, the father, son, yeah. Silas <laughs> okay. duo. All right. All right. There's another team I want to talk about, though, because they, um, and that is the team in Brooklyn. And this week, their coach, their new coach, declared we're in it for a title. And of course, you know, well, you, I'll just throw the ball in your court. They're going to add Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles. Yes, yes. And the ever interesting, the ever indecipherable, your favorite, the ever player. unfathomable, but the endlessly talented Kyrie Irving to go with. A nucleus headed up by Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's really a story that doesn't get enough outside of New York yep. exposure yep. Uh, about his rise uh, in the league. And the two-headed center monster of Jerome Allen, who they really like, I know. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Jared, yeah. And, uh, sorry, and DeAndre Jordan. Yep. And uh, anyway, um, that and, and a guy that – it's getting well paid. You, I, I thought you're telling out Joe Harris, who can shoot, who can so, shoot the three with anybody. Here's my take on that. Um, why not? Why not say that? It's the East, Bob. It's the East. Mm-hmm. Look at what Milwaukee did, right? Yeah. You you look at Miami and you say to yourself, "Listen, they were a great story, a great story." But you're looking at at them and saying, "Hey, listen, we got two players that are better." talent-wise, than their best player, than Jimmy Butler. You you would take, talent-wise, it wouldn't even be close with KD and Kyrie ahead of Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo or Goran Dragic, right? Yeah. 
Right. Steve Nash has the talent. That's never going to be the issue in Brooklyn. Now, yes, number one is health. And not just health of KD, by the way, who's coming off his latest injury. Also the health of Kyrie and his knees. Something that is not talked about enough, Bob. Um, He's had knee issues. He's had other issues, shoulder issues. Kyrie hasn't exactly been the model of... of Oh, no, he's... You've got a pencil in... Well, because it's going to be... We don't know how many games it's going to be, but... right. If it's 72, 50, 55, if it's 60, yeah, if you're lucky, it ought to be, but it'll be probably, they're aiming for 72. We'll see. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then also that, and and Levert coming off, he missed a substantial time last year. Did he not? I love Karras. Karras is a terrific player. I I think it's going to be hard though, as we saw in Boston, right? We saw that in Boston where Tatum and Jalen played without and Rozier at that point in the playoffs played without Kyrie and Hayward and they had certain roles. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Kyrie and Hayward come back, especially Kyrie and those roles completely are altered. And that's going to be the case in Brooklyn. Karis Levert, you were a star. Yeah. Now you're a supporting actor period. You're, you're, you're behind Ky- It's the Kyrie. It's a KD and Kyrie show. And, period. And Dinwiddie who averaged 20 points. He's a, a supporting game. guy too. No, no, he, he becomes a supporting guy. Game. Now, I'm just saying. Exactly. So he you're saying to, he got used to shooting that rock. He's like Karis. Right, right. Dimwitty and Karis are similar. Dimwitty said all the right things. And supposedly Dimwitty even tried help recruit Kyrie, which I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I, I'm going to ask you if you have any idea what the tech the, about his technical improvement or anything else. Uh, he kind of happened to me. I mean, I, he kind of go, whoa, Spencer Dinwitty you know, all-star level yeah. all of a sudden. I mean, I know he came in the league very modestly. Uh, uh, he was hurt. So so he, he got hurt uh, going into the draft, and his stock fell because he missed that whole offseason oh. um, prior to the draft. I forget what the injury was, but I remember doing a story on him leading up to it. And, uh, yeah, Dinwiddie was a guy who had a really good career at Colorado. Yeah. And a lot of people question whether was or not. rookie year in Detroit, he averaged four points a game. Yep. He was playing, you know, 12, 13 minutes to develop into, you know, a legitimate all-star yes. game yes. candidate and participant. Hey, on paper, on paper, this team is really, really talented. I mean, again, Katie, Kyrie, uh, Levert, Harris. Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Harris, who can shoot the basketball. Shoot. You've got two big men that, that are both, you know, talent. You could split the time with Jared Allen's a young, emerging talented big um and and DeAndre Jordan's at the, the the end of his career but can still block shots and defend so you've got two bigs that don't need the ball to yeah, score no. you've got shooters you've got one of the most talented point guards in, in, in the world in Kyrie who can drive it and get whatever he wants and we haven't even talked about Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie who, who can also score the ball and Karis does everything so yes if you're talking about pure talent, Bob, the Brooklyn Nets are the favorite to win the East next year. Now, based we, we on touched, pure talent. Just remind you, I, I think we touched on it when he, when he said it a couple of weeks ago, but Kyrie will ever, forever be Kyrie. That, co- that quote about, you know, we really don't need a – we could coach or I could coach. We don't oh, need a coach. God. Just what Steve Nash needed. But then again, Steve Nash is smart. He has to know what he's getting in for, you know, and, and is willing – you know, there's no – but does anyone really know what it's like until Kyrie is with you every day? <laughs> well, the question is, too, 
you know, we think, all right, this is the perfect coach for, for, for Kyrie, because if you're going to respect anybody, it's going to be Steve Nash, one of the greatest point guards in the history uh, of, of the time, game. Right? But when Kyrie looks at Steve Nash, how much respect is he going to have? He's a first time coach. Like, yeah. is he going to have enough respect for him? I, I think he will that when Steve Nash calls a play, or maybe Steve Nash will just give him the, the wherewithal and the freedom to call their own plays. Yes. Well, that's going to be, that's why they're going to be one of the more fascinating teams to watch because of that. If they had hired a quote unquote experienced conventional coach, if they had hired Stan Van or yeah. someone who was out there, you know, but, but Steve Nash is an unknown. And now we saw an unknown to an unknown coaching quantity, unlike yeah. a true unknown Nick nurse, when he got that job and right. proved that he could do it. And, and I, you know, I remember that was my number one question about the Toronto Raptors, the start of the 17, the 18, 19 season was, could it not be? Is Nick Nurse up for this job? Is yeah, he, we had is no, he, he nobody knew who he was. Nobody. No, I, I mean, I, 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 I told you I was in Des Moines the day they hired him, yep. coach of Iowa Energy. Till that day, I never heard of him. Didn't know anything Crazy. about him. Yeah, no, but no. I mean, anyway, again, some guys Steve it works, other guys a, it doesn't. But Steve you know? Nash has got a, you know, he's got a, a, a respect quotient that would be off the charts in general. But, but that doesn't translate yet in the coaching. So the season ended October 11th. And now there are reports that next season is going to be begin on December 22nd, which is a yeah. little bit over two months. Uh, yeah, which, means, which means which means I'd have to go to training camp in three weeks or four weeks, you know, from now at the latest, right? I don't know how That's, they do it. I, I just don't know how the NBA Players Association is going to be okay with this, other than the fact that there's just too much money on the table. All right. They, right? Right. The thing about it, and this is true with baseball. Both of them. They both had abnormal seasons time-wise, right? For an obvious reason. Yeah. And and that reason has not ceased being a problem. We don't, uh, you know, we, we don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going to be a year from now. We don't know where we're going to be in May. So, but, if, but they, they both of them have to take a deep breath on both sides of it, the management and the labor on both leagues. All right, we still live in abnormal times. This is not normal. We wish it were, but it's not. Right. And, and, and we're going to have to, suck it up and we're going to have to make reasonable compromises both of us to get this to get through this again and and don't be haggling over every last dollar both of them and and they got to do this and they got to have somebody's got to be able to bang all their heads together but yeah i i have sympathy for the players you know the the the, the guy the players that played me first of all there were eight teams and you know honestly never went to the bubble to start with right, right so the physical their issue is not the physical issue you know the body issue but, you know, we have Danny Green telling us this week, you know, hey, LeBron may not show up if they're going to play that. We're going to play that quickly. Can't blame and, him. You know? And, he will. He's LeBron. If, if they do this, he'll show up. He'll just play. He won't play back-to-back games. He'll, he'll, he'll make sure he paces himself for what matters. So let's be honest. Like, all that matters, whether they get a one seed, two seed, five seed, yeah, all right. that matters is the playoffs. And he right. knows that better than anybody. Oh, God. So – Ultimately, and everybody's saying to me, well, you know, the stars won't play. The good, the good thing about that is it's not like fans are paying for tickets, probably. I mean, maybe there'll be some fans that are allowed in next year, yep. you know, yep. a certain know, percentage, yeah. will, hopefully, hopefully. But it's not like you're going to – and you're going to go into it knowing. If you're a Lakers fan next year and you're paying for tickets and, and the season starts December 22nd, 
Well, if you if you buy a ticket, you got to understand that there's a good chance LeBron now, or AD aren't going to play. You know, it's no accident they picked that date because Christmas Day has become a huge thing in the NBA. Right. Yeah, it's money. It's all about money ultimately for this and for if, the owners. And they all care about it. Yep. And so they're going to have to come up with some reasonable compromise. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard for these guys that I understand all that. But then again, I don't think the public's going to have any sympathy. They're just not going to be able to grasp it. You know, people, particularly the general public and, you know, all the people, not forget about, I could give this, the hearts and flowers about everybody out of work, but everybody, the, the normal people who don't have a physical job, you know, yep. physical job, they, they, they don't, they're not going to relate to this at all. No. And, and, and again, they just, they're, they're, you don't, you don't have any uh, sympathy, right. For these guys that are making all this money. And I think there's a give and take on this because so many of the players, like you said, we're talking about, I mean, really four teams, four teams that, that, that didn't get enough time. Other than that, everybody else has been home from the bubble. They've had enough time, but four teams are getting two and a half months in between the season. The rest we of the league. Check the date. When did the, the, when did the season end and the, and the playoffs start? You know, the, it seems yeah. like a long, long time ago, we were talking about TJ Warren. You know, long, long time ago. That's right. A long time ago, we were talking about Jamal Murray. Right. which we were for right. incessantly. No, Jamal yeah, Murray's was... had enough time. You know, he's, he's 26 years old or whatever he is, 25 years old. He, Jamal Murray's probably had enough time right now that if he came back, yeah, maybe Jamal Murray doesn't play back-to-backs early on the season. Okay, how many of those are there? Ultimately, you, you sit, guys, everybody's going to do it. To be honest, yeah, it, it'll it'll favor early on in the season, the first half of the season, it'll favor those younger teams that didn't go deep in the playoffs and then everybody will catch up. And ultimately, like I said, does it matter if the Lakers are a one seed or a three seed in the West? No. Does it matter if Miami is a one seed or a three seed in the East? Probably not. Of course this year did totally didn't matter due to the fact that you had bubble basketball, you know, there was no home field, no home court. You know where it'll affect, it'll affect guys having surgery. Like, like, you know, or, or, you know, Goran Dragic, somebody like that who, who's had players yeah, coming you know. off an injury. Yeah. Made, like a significant injury that he needs to rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's no joke with, with, with the tear of his, his plantar fascia, fascia, whatever you want to call it. Um, so a guy like that probably could use some more rest and rehab to get that thing at a hundred percent before next season. So yes, it will affect certain players. But ultimately, listen, just like in college basketball right now, the big issue is testing, right? And in, in, in what's a lot of these multi-team events, the one down in Orlando, since we've last talked, Bob, fell apart. Yes. The ESPN one in Orlando fell apart because ultimately there are teams that are, that are playing under different guidelines. Some teams, and they're in the Big 12 and SEC, are not – retesting guys that tested positive already for the whole season, Ooh. the whole season. Ooh. So, oh, no, that... The CDC recommendation and what was going on in, Di- in Disney um, in that event is you have to test after 90 days. And that's the majority of college basketball right now. But again, some teams, certain teams in the big 12 and SEC were saying, no, 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 we don't believe that we should have to test again. Once a guy's positive, we we don't we've been told yeah, the yeah, science is telling us that that you don't have to test again uh 
for, for a long period of time, longer period than 90 days, because after 90 days, they may still test positive and still have a small trace of, of COVID in their system. And if that happens, they go down like a Baylor, a Texas Tech, a Kansas goes down to this event and they have one player test positive. Mm-hmm. The difference with college basketball, the whole the whole program shut down for 14 days. Okay. Not like college football necessarily, because in college basketball, the proximity, uh, they're saying right now, you, if you spend more than 15 minutes within a 24 hour period um, in, in within six feet of somebody, you're tier one. So that means again, everybody in the program shuts down for at least 14 and you can't come back on day 15 and play a game. No, you got to practice for a few days. So you're essentially shut down for three weeks. So mm-hmm. these schools don't want to have their guys who tested positive in May, June, July, testing again because they feel like the test may come back positive again okay we're creeping up on the nba draft uh, we are remember 18 Close. and, and we, I, I think we need to address that in our next upcoming we'll, we'll have a draft yes we, we should have we some talk some about and I, i'll be relying on you i, I am yep. i'm as ill prepared as i've ever been uh i'm afraid and uh i'll, I'll do my best to catch up but but I, I, I just don't have a feel. For so here's today. what I want you to do. Here's your other homework. Your Silas homework is the priority. <laughs> That's the priority. Watch some tape. Go, go to YouTube. Watch YouTube LaMelo Ball uh, Australia. Type that okay. in. Okay. LaMelo Ball Video YouTube Australia. Okay. okay. And just watch some of his – and really pay attention when you're watching LaMelo Ball – the passing ability, the court vision is off the charts. Pay attention to the form on his three-point shot. Okay? okay. And get back to me next week. After you watch the form on his three-point shot, I want to hear your technical breakdown of the mellow balls <laughs> form. Okay. Compared, right. even, even compared to his brother Lonzo. I'm looking forward day. to this. That's good. <laughs> You'll have fun. Trust me. That's so watch about 15 minutes of that. Um, I'm going to work on Marcus Smart. You work on the Silas uh, father-son duo. That's your your big homework for the week, and uh, we'll talk next week.